Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Karen Martell of karenmartell.com, M-A-R-T-E-L. She's a transformational weight loss consultant and essentially an incredible coach that helps people beyond just the food plans and beyond just getting through what does paleo mean? What does primal mean? She's all about weight loss resistance and hormonal issues and solving that for women and more. We're going to get into that. She's also my co-host for the Women's Empowerment Summit this June 17th. You can go to riseupkickass.com for that. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you for having me, Al. This is so exciting that we get to do this together. I know. I love, I want to do more videos, but this is the first one. So by the way, for people listening, this is also a video uh, podcast as well. We haven't done too many of those. You can probably check on YouTube for this. So Karen, let's talk about your story because you started off uh, kind of being put on a wrong direction unbeknownst to you. So let's talk about how you even got involved in this. What was the start? Yeah. So if I was to go like way back, sometimes I start and just say, you know, when things really went, took a wrong turn was after the the birth of my daughter about 10 years ago. But really, if I look past that, which I have been doing a lot lately, especially with all this women's empowerment stuff, is I really think that things really started out when I was uh, about 13, 14, and I was put on birth control pill by my mother um, and not to, you know, regulate periods or because of the acne, but because I was already actually having sex and she had heard, overheard me actually talking on the phone about it, never talked about it with me. It was like, get to the doctor, get on birth control pill and nothing was ever spoken about it. And I just, it made me so sick. And I, I spent the next couple of years rapidly gaining weight getting severely depressed. I felt like I was losing my mind, like literally thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to go into an insane asylum. I'm one of the crazy people. That's how I felt on a daily basis. If I didn't take my birth control pill at the same time, every single day, I would vomit. So I know, and nobody caught on that this was a problem. No, you know what the doctors, I can remember clearly going to my doctor's office at like 14 because I'd put on like packed on like 30 pounds and him saying, you're eating too much and you're not exercising. And the same was from my mom. It was like, she was a fitness instructor, personal trainer, health nut. And she was just like, you have an eating problem. You got to stop eating. She brought me to the gym with her. Like all this stuff at such a young age, was fed down my throat that it was my fault that this was happening. And this disassociation from my body started there, I would have to say. And it just, and it really led me down a path of total destruction. Like it didn't stop there. That was just the beginning, you know, and eventually I got off the pill and kind of got my body back again. But at that point, you know, the drugs, the alcohol were part of my everyday existence. Um, I was sleeping around. I didn't understand how to respect my own body. And I started developing 
all these problems. By the time I was 20, I had been diagnosed with endometriosis, which is severe scarring in the pelvis. I had massive blood-filled cysts all over my ovaries that they had to surgically remove. I had chronic yeast infections. Um, I had pelvic inflammatory disease. I mean, it did not stop. So (laughs) looking back, I can certainly say like, it is so important to get to the root cause of a lot of the medical problems that you have today. And you can see just hearing me talk, like, no wonder I think I had all these problems going on when I was so disassociated from my body. Yeah. You know, actually that is a similar story. I think we might have the same mom. I also <laughs> young at 13, she caught wind of it. And she was like, my daughter's not having sex and getting pregnant. You're going right to the, and that was just the thing. You go get put on the pill and your mother doesn't have to worry about you having a baby, but you know, listen, the pill robs you of your thyroid. It robs you of testosterone. And I just want to really push against, if anyone's thinking about it, I think Karen and I would both say never, ever, ever do it unless there's a medical necessity for some reason to do it. Um, When we talk about medications, right? You know, when you're taking something like hormones, you're giving yourself something sometimes that your body doesn't have and you're replacing. With the birth control pill, you're manipulating your system into doing something it shouldn't do. That's why there's a lot of side effects with it and not with natural hormone replacement when there's a a low and then you need to fill. So, you know, one of the things, and and I went down the same road you did, drugs, I got kicked out of high school. I mean, oh, you know, forget about it. But, um, and and totally the same, totally the same story, which I'm not surprised. No, (laughs) on this because the pill they always say, and I kind of feel this too. You're not yourself. Whenever you get off it after a few months, you're like, oh my god, I can think normally. I'm not crazy. It makes you emotional sometimes, and and they say that it makes your picker off, you know, because it's messing with your natural women's intuition and hormones in a way that's unnatural. So I would love you to to touch on what your thoughts are on that. Well, I have researched, of course, now tons about birth control and there's certain, we have certain genetic factors that will make it really difficult for some women to handle those synthetic hormones. So some women can get away with being on birth control for years and not supposedly getting much for side effects, which I think everybody's getting side effects no matter what. It's toxic, but there's some of us that just do not deal with it. And we're not, it can take years for some women to repair the damage done by birth control. And you hear about these women that are on it for like 14 years and their doctors are telling them that that's totally okay. And they're happy because they don't get a period or what, you know, they're, they're protected. And it's like, and then they go try and have children and they can't and they're wondering why. So I do see that often in my practice and I often see women that are getting sick from it. And you can tell because when they get off of it, how much better they feel, their sex drive comes back. And like you said, you're, yeah. And the ticker, like you're, you're so right about that. And also the other way around, men are not attracted as much to women on birth control pill because we're not ovulating. And when you ovulate, the pheromones, like we're, we let off a smell and whether or not we can smell it or a man can actually be like, hey, that lady is ovulating. Like you can't, but they actually do. And there's scientific research behind this that a man is very attracted to a woman that's ovulating because of yeah. what she's putting off. 
Yeah, and also what she's feeling, because around ovulation, you are more sexually desired, you're desiring it, so that that vibe is getting put off. Again, to, you know, the one thing that you said there, the shitty thing about the pill is it's supposed to be so you can have this, you know, lovely, unprotected, wonderful, uninhibited sex life with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and you're doing, and... um yet it makes your sex drive lower. I thought that was the worst thing about it. Of all the things I was like, this makes no sense. And it angers me because now it's taking away my natural drive. So it's like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's what we're all being told to as young girls, like you said, your mom did the same thing, like run you off to the doctor's office. And I, and I hope that things are changing now because women are more liberated. We speak more freely about sex, but that, that importance of teaching these young girls to respect and covet their bodies, not, Hey, go ahead, go on the birth control. Cause in my mind, I know back then it was like, okay, you're on birth control that's all you need. Now you can just go and have sex. And little did I know how much that was going to mess me up and take me down a whole nother pathway of these abusive relationships. And like I said, developing these diseases in my body because I had to become so disconnected from the probably the most powerful thing that we have within us, which is our sexual energy. Right. And our just natural women's intuition, which is on fire and amazing. Um, And, you know, half psychic. And so, you know, you, your, your gauge is off. Um, let's talk about where this then led, you know, look, we both have had, you know, some health triumphs. That's why we're here trying to help people. We've already been through some, it went even further downward spiral there or in a different way. So let's talk about the shoot offs with health and and the other things you experienced other than endometriosis, et cetera. Yeah. So after the birth of my daughter, I really cleaned up my act, so to speak. And I, you know, I sobered up. I have, I've been sober now for over 10 years and it really just made me having the birth, having my daughter come into this world really made me go, okay, now I got to change some stuff. And of course, at the same time, my weight started to come back on. And it was, you know, here I was, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not doing the drugs anymore. I'm still young. Like, and I'm working out honest to God, harder than I'd ever worked out in my life. I was doing everything right. I was going to the boot camps, the, you know, it's crazy workouts, running. I was eating what I thought was this super clean diet and the weight just kept coming on, coming on. So then I would keep trying all these different diets and different diets. And, you know, I was eating all the whole grains and doing what I calorie counting and, and yet gaining weight and getting digestive issues, chronic migraines started to happen, insomnia, like all of the rashes all over my neck and underneath my arms would happen. So food sensitivities. And this was over like probably two years. And I was just like, what is going on? And that around that time, then I found actually, I went to my naturopath and this is kind of cool is he said, I just came from an anti-aging seminar and the next best, best thing is the ketogenic diet. And at this time, no one had heard of it. Like this was 10 years ago and where yeah. I am, that's like only people are just catching on to keto right now here. So he said, and so I had never heard of it. So I left his office, got up, went home, got on my computer and started Googling keto, which led me to paleo, which the first website I got onto was Mark's Daily Apple. 
and it totally changed my life. (laughs) So thanks, Mark. Yes. And I ran out, I bought the 21 day primal blueprint. I started that day. I was like, that's it. I cut out all the grains, all the legumes, followed this amazing diet. I loved it. I loved it. Loved. I still love it. Still follow it. But I didn't lose any weight. <laughs> yes, with digestion. <laughs> yes, like, totally. Everyone else is losing weight. Every success story on Mars Daily Apple on Friday, people are dropping, you yes. know, 100 bills. So, yeah. So, what you're going, mm. Mm, what the hell's going on is what I was doing. So, I knew I had found the right diet. And I think that that's always how, like, when I work with people now, that is always my first step. Like, if they, they're new to it, they haven't tried an ancestral diet. That's certainly the first step that I take is, okay, let's change diet first. So for myself, I had done that. And then so not losing weight, but feeling better, you know, the bloating was gone and I could feel like I was tightening up. Like my body composition was still changing, even though I wasn't losing pounds on the scale. So I decided to dig deeper and I went on this like crazy journey of finding out that my hormones were a complete mess. My cortisol was super low, estrogen super high, of course, because, you know, that endometriosis. And so I think from a very young age, I was very estrogen dominant. Progesterone was super low. So I had to like figure out these hormones and at the same time, I actually started to get therapy and I was seeing, you know, a counselor, I was seeing an energy healer. And I really took a couple of years at that point to not only heal the medical side, like the hormones, I had to heal the, the leaky gut, and I, but I also had to heal the emotional garbage that my past had, had basically, I think, was the cause of all of these problems. And you know, as time went on and and the journey hasn't stopped. I I recently found out I'm also hypothyroidism, which I think, holy, I wonder how long that was happening for, right, Elle? Elle's been my like right-hand woman on this thyroid problem. So she understands that, you know, that was impacting me. It was probably impacting me from a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. And I think back to, I think that first of all, since the pill robs you of your thyroid sort of, I'm not surprised because I had a doctor in high school who like touched my neck and goes, has anyone ever checked your thyroid? I'm sure she was looking at my fat, bloated, dairy ridden, whatever I was doing then. Um, But you know, there were like waves of where maybe there were a couple of years where I was totally fit. There was no problems. And then there was, so when I look back, I, I can't gauge, was it diet? Was there hypo moments? Was it insulin resistant? And then I got out of it, you know? I can't say, but I have a feeling that I wish I would have, you know, maybe looked into this sooner. Not that if we would have, they would have taken the right tests anyway. Um, so yeah. let's, let's talk about, uh, that a little bit. Um, yeah. we won't get too detail into thyroid stuff, but tell us where you're at. Like, how did you discover it? Well, it started last year where the weight started to come back on again. So it'd been pretty stable. I had gone through, like I said, the couple of years of kind of healing my system, the weight came off, but I, I still always knew that there was something else going on. And because it was so hard, even though I ate so well, I still wasn't, you know, the size that I knew I should be and for how hard I had to work at it. Like I couldn't look at a carbohydrate without gaining a few pounds. I always was watching what went into my body. And in the last few years, I had my chronic migraines got to the point that they were 
almost on a daily basis. I would wake up every single day with a headache. Half of the month would be severe migraine, especially around my period. It would be what seven days straight of being highly medicated. And if anyone, and this is why I got to share this story is because if anybody's out there suffering with chronic headaches or migraines, and maybe this can help you and send you into your doctor's office, because I didn't necessarily have a lot of typical hypothyroid symptoms. I don't think like I wasn't losing my hair. I've, you know, somebody looking at me wouldn't think, Hey, she needs to lose weight, things like that. You know, I wouldn't consider myself depressed, but since I started my thyroid medication a couple of months ago, I can now look back and say, for sure, 100% it started after the birth of my daughter, where my hypothyroidism probably took a real turn for the worse. I, I've now have, I've had one migraine in two months, which is just unheard of. It's the most clearest my head's been for 10 years. So I mean, no, then we gotta, we're going to stop there and talk about that. Because uh, every day waking up with a headache and half the month having migraines is an absolute disaster. By the way, just for people listening, she is right. Chronic headaches like that are related to hypothyroidism. There are people who, I know a woman who suffered for migraines for like 20 years, and then, and then it turns out we looked at her results and she had both Hashimoto's antibodies to the gills. No one had ever treated her correctly, gave her the wrong thyroid hormone. This poor woman did not need to be uh, laid up with migraines and have her years wasted. So just because you have migraines, you're not a person who has migraines necessarily. However, I have heard Christiane Northrup talk about people who do have migraines have sometimes are, can be perfectionists. And so that if you feel this need to constantly match up or pressure and in a perfectionist type of way, you might want to look at it. It's just something she spoke about herself with that connection. Um, and she's, you know, been a, a great proponent of female health. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, what was the first, I know you were weary at first. You were like, I don't want to believe that because it's hard because you don't want to get your hopes up. So, so let's talk a little bit about how you went through that for a few. Oh, I think I'm still going through it. Like I keep saying, there's going to come a day here in the nearest future where I'll probably just have to have a good cry for the day for 10 years, not wasted, but 10 years in pain. It was one of the most frustrating things. And I'm a researcher, so you can imagine the hours spent researching migraines every single day, just going, I can't live like that. I can't go on like this for the rest of my life. I was just kind of hoping for the fact that maybe once I was through menopause that they were going to end because they were very hormonal. And so I, it, I, I, I'm, I have really haven't been this happy for 10 years where I just feel like I, my head is just so clear. I feel so much better. I feel like, holy, now watch out world, like here I come kind of thing, because I was doing a good job before. So now that I actually feel good all the time, I want to work out. I was always one of those people that, you know, I'm a nutritionist, I'm healthy. I have to work out kind of person, but I didn't like to. I always felt like I was dragging this heavy weight around with me. Like if I went to do cardio, it was just like, it felt exhausting to me. So I, you know, always stuck with weightlifting, but never really saw great results, you know, and it was hard still to get there. There wasn't a lot of motivation. And, you know, some people might say, well, why didn't you check your thyroid before? And the funny thing is, and this is very important. I did check my thyroid years ago because I thought there was a thyroid problem. My doctor said she was testing me for the panel and she only, little did I know, and now I found out because I went and had them retested again, 
And I looked at my old results and she had only ever tested me for TSH and T4, which came back in normal range. So she said I had no thyroid problem. Classic, by the way, one of the success stories in my book, Kara Hahn. I also have a podcast with her talking about Hashimoto's. 10 years, two miscarriages, and they never tested anything but TSH and free T4 or T4 total. They never tested free T3. Uh, literally her life did a 180 when she finally got on the T4, T3 combination. So if anyone's confused, you can go to my website, lrust.com, free thyroid guide with all the tests in there. You don't have to buy the book. Just go look at it um, or talk to Karen. She'll help you too. But let's, um, so right now, um, and I forget, where was your free, where was your free T3 before you started uh, desiccated? 2.8 or 2.7. It was very low, very, very low. Like and my, I, my, my nat- range five. I think the top of your range was five, though, not 4.2 like ours, perhaps. Yes, yeah, yes. our range so is, that's is ultra wider. Low. So that seems somewhat approaching mid-range on our ranges. Um, Karen lives in Vancouver, so they have a different... Uh, British Columbia, sorry. Yeah. So they have a different um, uh, range, but yes, that was really low. Basically, your brain... I mean, you were slowly dying. I'm just like, sorry, we can laugh about it now. You were just slowly like, dying. Yeah. dying in accelerated aging. That was fun. Well, you had a really good time. Well, because my naturopath phoned me and he's like, how are you even walking around? And then I remember I called you and I'd sent you my results and you were like, oh, you're, you said the same sort of thing. Like, how are you even surviving? And I was like, you know, thank God. I Finally, it's not all in my head. And you know, if I, I can't stress enough, if you don't feel on the inside is matching up with what you're doing and you don't feel, and you feel like something's off, don't ignore that instinct because you know it's right. Like I can't, even me, the nutritionist who deals with people with thyroid every single day and hormones every single day got missed. I, I got under the, you know, swept under the carpet. So please, if you think that there's something going on, pay the money because your doctor's not going to test you for it and go get your thyroid panel done and get the rest of your hormones, which we'll get into the importance of that. But yeah, well, let's get into the importance of that because, you know, you do have a lot of people like you who are like, I've tried all the diet or I did keto and, you know, I've done it for two months and I've lost one pound. And how is it that everyone's achieving these results? Let's just get into that whole idea of if something's not matching up, look elsewhere and where are the areas we should look? Yes. So it's happening more and more right now where we're going through this epidemic of what I call weight loss resistance. So weight loss resistance, and this is funny, is if on my intake form, I always ask women, do you have weight loss resistance? Every single person marks yes. I've never had somebody mark no. Well, weight loss resistance isn't you're not losing weight. Weight loss resistance is you are doing what you think is right. So you're eating a healthy diet. You have no, you know, food addictions. You're not addicted to sugar. You're working out. You're doing what you're seeing out there is right, so to speak. And you're not losing weight and maybe even gaining weight. So that's weight loss resistant. It's not just not able, not able to lose weight, it's that you're trying everything and you're still not losing weight. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so many things factor into that, especially, so for example, if you notice as a woman that after ovulation or mid-month, the last couple of weeks are awful and you gain 10, 15 pounds every time and you feel crappy and terrible and the PMS is horrendous, uh, sign of estrogen dominance possibly, or cleaning up other stuff in one's body to rebalance that, doing other modalities there, acupuncture, whatever. Um, 
obviously looking into insulin resistance, just in case I had insulin resistance and didn't know it um, at one point and was highly inflamed uh, and inflammation really messes up the ability to lose weight. So it's a 14 prong, you know, attack with anti-inflammation. Obviously you're a huge fan of the anti-inflammatory effects of paleoprimal. We know this, this is what you do. This is what you do for people. What are some of the random things that you've heard from clients where they've been unbalanced in a way that contributed to weight loss resistance that may not be obvious to us? Like, oh, okay, they're on the pill or, oh, okay, they're hypothyroid. What are some other ones that people might, you know, who are, who are listening or watching would go, oh, that's me. We talked about headaches, right? So that's mm-hmm. one. What are some other, you know? Well, it all, like I, I have an approach that is like kind of a system basically. And I do always start with diet, like I said, where it's, and I do start with ancestral diets, whether that be, you know, autoimmune, paleo, keto, or paleo, it's usually my top three picks, of course. And that's an awesome place to start. And then that can determine whether or not it's food related. And that can just help people to start to feel better, have a little bit more energy. If the weight loss doesn't come off at a rate that I think it should be, then I go to hormones because 95% of weight loss resistance is going to be hormonal. And now there's many caveats to that. That can be that you're too stressed out. So then we have to look at, you know, self-care practice. That one's probably one of the biggest ones is women right now, especially in this in, the, in our environment, we have our stress levels are way too high all the time. And we're really starting to see the effects of it. And plus the toxic environment is adding to that stress as well. Um, from there, then, you know, we look into digestion, we look into lifestyle. So is there a lot of stress? Are you not sleeping very well? Like all those really important things, but to dive in deeper to, to like the, the, some of the strange things that I've seen. So I've seen some things like really common right now that I'm seeing a lot of is the women that have a thyroid issue that are trying to go ketogenic and they don't know that they have a thyroid issue. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of controversy over that. And I'm sure, you know, L about what, you know, is the keto safe or not for thyroid? And in my practice, working with this many women, I've really seen that backfire and I've seen women gain weight that have a thyroid problem and they don't realize it. And they've been following keto for, you know, six months to a year and they're not losing weight that, or their adrenal system is shot. You know, their, their, their cortisol is either too high or too low and going keto makes it worse. And so there's a, a really good point of you think you're doing it all right. And it's like, keto is supposed to make me lose all this weight. And people, it's so crazy. They keep doing it thinking like there's going to suddenly be this change. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you know, and, and let me quickly clear that up because it's true. Anyone can go to my two hour keto FX interview with the paleo FX people, but here's the thing. Karen's right in the sense that, but we just want to clarify it. Keto is not going to work on a body that has no metabolism, period. It's going to backfire because you're eating high amounts of fat that can't be processed. So that's going to go to bad lipid panel levels, right? And then, you know, not to mention your adrenals are uh, too, lo- too low, too high, combination of high and low. Um, how do you know if it takes you three hours to get out of bed, right? That's low cortisol. Um, if you're perking up after 6 p.m. and can't go to bed, that's high nighttime cortisol. But all these fluctuations are not going to get evened out by doing a diet or a lifestyle keto that is meant to dip into 
a fat-burning state that your body can't get into in the first place. So that's the problem. It's not keto in and of itself is a negative towards thyroid. It's that if you already have the thyroid problem, and like you said, people are coming to keto anyway because they can't lose weight, they can't lose weight. That's probably the thyroid, but then they go to keto and it can make it where you can gain weight on a high-fat diet, particularly if you have no metabolism, which you usually don't with hypothyroidism. So I just want to clear that up so people don't think it's it's not because keto is bad. It's because your state of your body is not ready to be in that state. And some people, you just have to play with it. There are people that, not like lifelong hypoglycemics, but people where intermittent fasting or a four, six hour window doesn't work, right? So, you know, and and I just appreciate the way Mark and Brad Kearns talk about keto more as a lifestyle. Let's get away from the testing. Of course, if you have cancer or brain injury or something where you need to test ketones and be like medical about it, great. Other than that, I'm with you. Get to the hormones, get to the blood testing, look what's there, and then the diet will start working for you once you fix your metabolism. Because if it's not happening through diet, something else is wrong. If you do keto or low carb and you haven't lost a thing in six weeks and you don't look any different or feel different, there's a problem. There's a problem. And, and what we tend to see, though, is women say, oh, okay, well, I'm, my macros must be off. And they start obsessing about what's going in their body. And uh, this is just craziness to me. And yet this is what 99% of women are doing. They're looking to exercise. They're looking to their diet. Then it's like, oh, well, keto's not working for me. I'm on to the 21-day fix now. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And it's like, quit looking to the food because keto and paleo diets are one of the best diets to lose weight. So if you're, if it's not working, we got a problem. Maybe it's autoimmune. Like you said, inflammation is another very key thing that I think can get in the way. And it's all, of course, all intertwined between the inflammation, the, you know, digestion causes inflammation, which then causes hormone imbalance. They're all interconnected. And usually if you've got one, you've got them, you kind of got them all. So you have to start addressing everything. Food can address digestion, which will then start to help with your hormones and balance out your system. But, you know, we always tend to go for diet first, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. And it's like, how... how Everybody has to get through their head. It's not that easy. Women have to get that through their head because it, we are very complicated right now. We are not the way we were hundreds of years ago or even thousands of years ago. There's a lot that's changed in our body. And it's not, you know, it's not, it's not appealing to think, oh, you got to go through all of this in order to lose weight. But you can either keep going and trying to find these, you know, the perfect diet for you with failure after failure, which is really hard on this up here, or you can start digging deeper. There's things like leptin resistance. If you have a gut infection, if you have candida, if you have parasites, if you have H. pylori, those can all stop you from losing weight. And not many people, not many women know that. I'm glad you brought up that up. I mean, if people aren't familiar with Dr. Perlmutter's work, uh, uh, Grain mm-hmm. Brain and Brain Maker and the gut-brain connection and gut serotonin and gut uh, craving carbs and sugar addict, I had candida. It's awful. It also mimics thyroid symptoms too. So here's the thing. If you're going to go, again, you just want the quick fix, right? So you go to your doctor, just give me the thyroid medication. I'm fine. I'll start working out. Guess what? Backfire, backfire. Good luck with that. Those thyroid hormones are not going to be synthesized right, screwing up cortisol, And on top of that, again, you're just looking for kind of just a purely external answer. And 
it, it, it really is more than that. You've got to clean out stuff. Stuff needs to be yeah. cleaned out and addressed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and on that note, part of all of this as well is the emotional factor. Yeah. And we also don't like to look at that stuff. I know, I mean, look at, I just shared my story with everybody. That's, that wasn't fun stuff to look at and to work through, but I really believe had I not worked through that stuff, I probably wouldn't be where I am today and have the health that I do today because a lot of it was the emotional junk that had to get cleared out. Without, um, I mean, again, you don't have to go through like specific details unless you want to, but let's talk about some of that emotional junk. I mean, you talked about your history a little bit. What were some things that you realized that were connected to possibly you keeping on weight, whether it was an intentional from eating or whether it was just uh, to, you know, what were some connections you made after looking inside and doing some self-realization here with this stuff? Well, I really, I mean, researching the emotional, I've been in body work for over 15 years. And I'll tell you right now, there's always a root emotional cause to every chronic pain that you have, whether or not you believe that that's up to you. But I, you know, I, I know it for myself to be true and I've seen it true in my other clients. And, you know, you could read Louise Hay work, work, and and she, she really will connect. You could even say, what's the emotional cause of back pain? And Louise Hayes stuff will always come up first, which is, you know, it'll relate it to something energetically in your life. So one thing that's just recent, of course, is the thyroid. And the thyroid is not speaking, like not speaking your truth and, mm-hmm. and, and basically not saying what you wanted to say. And I think about the, the sexual abuse I had to go through. I, I was raped multiple times. I had date raped multiple times. I never said anything. I didn't stop those men from doing that harm to my body, which I was, I didn't know how to even use my voice. So no wonder I have a hypothyroid problem, right? That's the energy chakra that we're talking about. Um, You know, talking about the whole pelvis stuff and just the, that, I mean, that's your sex chakra. So yeah, no wonder I had endometriosis and I had the ovarian cysts. And I mean, the cysts, I think it's Christine Northrup that says that you wanting to grow something. And I, they, of course, those cysts really developed after I had an, an abortion. And I thought, well, once again, of course, right? And so it's, it's really like, we don't like going back into the past and looking at stuff, but there's something that happens neurologically. This isn't just fluff that I'm talking about, but what happens in the brain, which is a survival mechanism when your body is being threatened in any way. And this can be as simple as your mom believed you should cry it out as a baby and left you to cry all the time, which is actually quite common. That alone, what that does to that baby's system is stress and what goes on inside the brain, which is fight or flight, which is my, you know, my surroundings is, is unstable and I'm not feeling safe. So all these hormones come out and you can, you get repeated stress like this. Repeated trauma is what I would like to call it is these little traumas. It doesn't have to be a great big trauma. Little traumas repeatedly start to put your nervous system into a state of fight or flight frozen in fight or flight and your body stays up there and the trickle effect starts to happen down through the system and that shows up as illness in the body so this is science this is not like i'm just pulling this out and i mean i can't i'm not an expert in it 
but I know it to be true from experience and from working with thousands of people that you have to look at this stuff. It's, it's so important on your path to recovery, no matter what illness or if you're dealing with weight loss, you really do have to face these things. Yeah, good point about Louise Hay connecting thyroid with not speaking up, speaking your truth, or not expressing one's creative um, uh, desires. So for me, it was I spoke up all the time, but I didn't speak up in romantic relationships, or I would be, uh, I would allow myself to be on eggshells, which is a terrible place for someone like me because that's uh, moody people. I like just they can all jump off a bridge. I don't like people who treat someone differently just because. Like they smashed the car that day. I'm like, I don't care whether you crash your portion of wall. They don't treat me like shit. So I don't like moody stuff, but I dated someone that was very moody right around the time that I got the thyroid problem and I couldn't speak up and I just was with the wrong person. And it wasn't until I looked back seven years later and was like, what was going on then? Cause I didn't know about the thyroid thing. And I go, oh, that makes sense. I was in one of the biggest no speak up relationships ever, you know? And um, also, you know, I've talking about a lot lately, but again, um, you know, I have a physical disability. I have tendonitis in my arms as you know, we, you've gotten a lot of body work too. We've had some hand issues. I had some shame and issues with dealing with admitting that I had a dis- physical disability. And even though most people would be like, why would you even be ashamed of talking about that? It's like, well, it, so people would discount my shame. Do you know what I mean? Where I was like, they'd make me feel kind of stupid for even being ashamed of the person. Like, why does anyone even care? Who cares? No one cares. You got injured. It's not your fault. And I was like, it's not the point. Point is that I feel a, a thing. I'm feeling a thing about it and I'm not able to speak up about it to just everybody. And that's, a, you know, it's a problem. We've got to look at this stuff. It's not fun to go through, but we're here to tell you passing the age of 40 for everyone listening in, in video, we've been through a lot. We've been dating people and obviously having sex since we were 13. Okay. So, so we've been through it for you so that you don't have to make the same goddamn mistakes. Um, but let's move on. I want to talk about um, some of the emotional stuff that you've seen that might, um, you know, with some clients and stuff, let's touch on, obviously there's abuse. There's things like speaking up, not expressing oneself. Um, what are some other things that have shown up from clients? Um, one of the big things I see is in women that, so let's just move beyond weight loss resistance, but just weight loss, people that are struggling to lose the weight and keep it off. And, or even, you know what, even recover from a health issue. And what's really common is these people, they do really well for a while, right? We've all seen this. They're, they're there for the 30 days. They're doing awesome. They start losing weight. Um, it could even go on for longer. It could be three, six months. And then suddenly they start to self-sabotage. And I see this very often. And one thing is that you have to ask yourself, and, and this everybody can ask them, how does your illness or how does that eating disorder serve you? And a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean? Well, my eating disorder, this pain, this chronic pain doesn't serve me. So I'll give you a really good example. I had a woman recently who came in that had a ton of these really crazy symptoms going on, like rashes. She constantly felt like she was going to throw up. She would get these episodes that would happen throughout her body after eating certain foods. She's been in and out of doctors, hospitals, and ongoing for years. And then as the session's progressing, she starts to talk about, you know, 
her daughter, she's, she was an older woman. She was about 65. She's her, her daughter, her son, how she's got to go there to travel with them. And then she's going to go to her daughters and stay with them. And then she's got to go home and do this with her husband. And, and I was like, wow, you really do a lot for these other people. What's your relationship like? And she's just like, you could just see this woman. Cause I intuitively, yes. I work right. And I can, so I can, I start to pick up on stuff with my intuition and, and I just knew. And I said, what's your relationship like? And she said, I don't really have one. She said, I don't really speak with my husband. I said, well, how long has this been going on for? Since she can remember, she's been married to the guy for, I don't know how long, 40 years or something. She's like for a long time. I said, well, why are you with him? He's a good provider. I said, do you have dinner with him? Nope. Do you hang out with him? Nope. I don't really talk to him. Oh my God. So here's this woman, like, I won't tell you the whole story, but here's this woman who's doing everything for everybody else. Not one person in her life looks after her. When she gets an episode and she's in the hospital, it's the only time that someone's giving her love and attention. That's right. Period. Period. And you know what? Uh, I have a friend who's got a sibling and the sibling and the mother are a little bit hypochondriac, but it's, it's a total thing about the son learning it from the mom. And you can see that it's the time that he gets the most love and the doting and the attention, because that's what the mom cares about so much. If there's a sickness or anything, right. She'll be like on it, but if it's anything else. She won't be. So, you know, it's like a subconscious way, right. Of bringing in. And again, like Karen said, you may go, really? Come on. No, but really, but really there are, you got to look at why you're still a victim of something. And maybe there's something you're contributing to be a victim there because you're getting something out of it. And that sounds sick and twisted. And it may be, and you may cry when you find out the sick twisted answer to whatever it is uh, for your thing, but it's a thing and get in there because it's worth working out and just recognizing, even if it's, Oh God, that's awful. Let me go call a coach and just talk this out. Whatever. Um, we all have a little something, you know, that isn't the be- out of pure integrity or the best motives. Uh, and if it's sickness, you got to look at it. I mean, I think also too, some people who've been a, cr- a classic one is, you know, people who've been hurt or afraid of getting hurt again, whether that be abused or relationship, they will put on excess weight to make themselves non-desirable or don't look at me, don't touch me, or I'm going to put this barrier around me because I don't, I want to protect myself. There's, that's a classic one. Um, I'm really glad you asked her. So why are you with him? <laughs> yes. And, and of course she did really well for a while, but she wasn't really ready to look at that yet. Right. Which is, sure. which is totally okay. fine. I've planted the seed. That's the way I see it. I planted the seed, but just knowing that that could be a problem or, or another one is I see often is women that they'll start to lose the weight and they can't identify with that person anymore. All they've ever done their whole life is talk about their weight, think about their weight, obsess about their weight, trying new diets, trying new exercise. Without it, without the weight, they don't even know who they are. So they self-sabotage and they put the weight back on. So once again, that is an emotional piece. It's like you are afraid of everything that you can be. So it's way easier to stay in that place of pity and self-loathing than it is to rise up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get into, uh, I, you're, you're the go-to person I tell everyone to go to for meal planning, anything having to do with how do I figure this out? I mean, aside from the other amazing consultations and coaching you offer, 
your website, karenmartel.com and the programs and what you have are something that, you know, I feel like you do, you're the best at it. I tell everyone, if you need help with food and diet and stuff, that's, that's your person because people are confused. And the thing that we do know, both of you and I know that it, it becomes intuitive over time, but at first, if you're new to this, you do need help. It's confusing at first, the first six, two months, couple months, you might need to just make it easy for you. Just tell me what to do. That's the one piece with the food that you can have someone kind of tell you, you know, you can't kind of tell someone, should I take this job or not? Right. It's all gut, but people need help with this. And I get it. I was confused at first myself, even though I was working for Mark Sisson, I was confused and I was going to him going, what am I doing wrong? So go to Karen, but let's talk about what you offer and how you coach people in this. Cause you have it laid out for everybody. Keto, paleo, primal, AIP, Let's get into it. Yes. Okay. So I say I have a, a membership that's a meal planning membership on steroids because it's not, unlike any meal planning program that I've yet to actually come across, at least for the ancestral diets, because I'm all about, you know, what else is involved besides the food. So I provide the meal plans, right? So every week we, you get the choice of a ketogenic, a paleo, an autoimmune paleo, which is probably one of the hardest things to follow for when people are first starting out. That right. one is so challenging. It's even hard to make a meal plan because you're really restricted with what you're using for ingredients. But so we offer that. And then as well, just a basic healthy meal plan for those that um, don't want to be hundred percent paleo or ketogenic. And that has like some legumes in it and some grains, not tons, but it does incorporate a little bit of that in there. Um, no gluten. So every week you'll get your new meal plan, uh, shopping list recipes all in, in your inbox. And on top of that, we also offer, you know, live Q and a, so I do live Q and a's every two weeks. So if you have questions, nutrition questions about your hormones, about anything, you can get access to me as part of your membership to help you along on your journey. Also, we'll do a coaching session in there. So whatever the topic is, we have different topics every month that are teaching women about their bodies. So I always try to pick something that's going to help with your weight loss journey. So last month, we did a meditation and mindfulness challenge for 30 days. This, this month and next month, we're doing detoxification. In July, our theme is going to be sexual health. So we're always doing things like whether it's kind of self-help stuff or we'll do stuff maybe around hormones or um, emotional eating. And it's just little bits of information, but basically give you some guidance and some opportunity to explore it farther. So that if you think, oh, hey, this sounds like me, I'll give you that guidance to be like, okay, well, this is who maybe you'd want to talk to, or maybe you want to come in for a session about it or whatever it is. So we do that. I have interviewer, like people that come in, I interview them for my own video cast. That's all around that, even though it's a public video cast, it is still based around what the theme is that month. So I've got a couple of people coming in this month talking about detoxification. Um, and then we do four challenges a year. And these are big challenges that I, instead of holding them online, like for the public, they're inside the program free with the membership. So right now we're doing a 21-day keto detox, liver detox. In the fall, we're going to do a hormone, 21-day hormone detox where you get the meal plan, you get you know PDF downloads. We talk all about hormones and I help you to basically help detox the hormones. So these challenges are, you know, they're, they're alone worth like four or $500. And that's part of the membership. Memberships start $19 Canadian 
a month and I've, and I've made it so cheap so that if this is something that people want, there's absolutely no excuse if I can't afford it. Right. And also too, you're, I mean, we'll put all of the links in the show notes, uh, Karen Martell nutrition on Instagram. You're always posting great links to like keto, paleo, delicious recipes that look like they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you had some like pizza thing. And I was like, that she, I'm going to go look at that. I'm like, that looks really good. Um, but I, I really, every, everyone go to karenmartel.com because she's doing stuff. No one's really doing this space with regards. I mean, there are people that are doing meal plans, but it's just not as comprehensive. Not to mention, she's also a great podcaster. So like she said, she's interesting interviewing people every month as well. You're getting experts for free just alone if you want to go watch Karen. And then if you're a part of the coaching programs, I mean, it's, it's really a comprehensive situation that not a lot of people are offering um, with access to her. So I love that. Um, what would you, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on the Women's Empowerment Summit in a minute. But what do you really want to leave our audience with when it comes to paleo primal? I mean, you and I are going to be talking maybe one hour more in depth about health uh, on the Rise Up Kick-Ass Summit. But as far as just what you'd like to let people know, we've got the emotional component. We've got look at the root. There's so many aspects here. What are some other little nuggets or things that are popping up that you're like, hey, you know, get with the program. Yeah. I think that if, you know, if you're following these meal plant, these, you know, the paleo, the ketogenic, the autoimmune, and you're not able to lose the weight, like you really feel like you should, I just really encourage all women to look beyond it. Maybe the emotional stuff is just like, whoa, can't deal with that right now. And I really respect that from people, but then at least start with, you know, finding a good functional medicine practitioner, having the hormones tested. I mean, I think that that's probably my number one intervention if you're having weight loss resistance is check your hormones and any woman really, you know, especially after the age of 40, you want to get your hormones checked so you can see it for yourself, what's happening. And you can start to address it before you hit menopause, right? Perimenopause, because things are going to get a little bit shaky. If you're a person that's gone through it already, I have a lot of clients that are all the way through and they're in menopause. Even then you can still address these problems. And I know that, you know, thyroid becomes more common after uh, menopause, into menopause, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, just if you feel like there's something off, don't ignore it. If you have really bad digestive issues that haven't been cured from paleo or ketogenic, then please go get tested for um, an infection. Go get a stool test for parasites. Go get tested for H. pylori. Go get tested for small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And, you know, yes, it can cost some money, but it's worth your health because I'll tell you the trickle-down effect of any one of those things and what it's going to do to your hormonal system, what it's doing to your metabolism, it doesn't just get better. It's not going to be like, oh, hey, um, I'll I'm, wait it out. Yeah, I'm going to wait. <laughs> the, parasite, the parasite doesn't just be like, you know what? I'm going to stop multiplying and head on out now. Like These things continue. You have to take care of it. So do whatever it takes to get to the bottom of it. Find somebody to help you get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned SIBO, um, severe intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO. I've seen it ruin people. Yeah. I mean, really bad and have to do an expensive round of antibiotics. And then it came back and another, because they did the major kind, maybe didn't go with the natural igniting Hashimoto's. I mean, I have just really seen it screw up female hormones in people age like 26 
And uh, so if you've got any weird digestive stuff going on, it's not just you, it's something's going on. And if you're not losing weight and you don't think you have a digestive issue, I suggest you go Google a poop chart and see what things are supposed <laughs> to look like. Cause that's a hilarious chart. If you've never seen that chart. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did not do well on the poop chart. I remember being like, Oh, this is, I'm not yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah. Like now I'm failing this chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much. Let's talk about this women's empowerment summit. We decided, you know, both of us to get together, we'd interviewed each other and I was like, Hey, what are you doing? You're awesome. We had so many common stories. We might have the same mom somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of the moms is tricking us that, um, (laughs) but, but one of the things we wanted to do is, you know, we just wanted to talk about, you know, Karen and I both had to triumph through some major trials and tribulations, health and otherwise in life, as she just mentioned, some of them, um, we're also badass type A, you know, women who are alpha and out there, we, we want to help other women and mother other women and help people get confident and rise up and take names and kick ass. So, you know, riseupkickass.com, free online summit. It's us interviewing a ton of speakers, a couple of guys. Um, June 17th. A couple guys, just warning. Guys. <laughs> we had to throw them in there just to be, you know, affirmative action about it. Uh, you were you interviewed a woman about who wrote a book called O oh, about the female orgasm. So we've got from there to you know just a comedian. Oh God, we have the most diverse group of people that we interview because our our goal was let's kind of bring it all in. Like let's hit on every kind of level here that women are struggling with right now, which is, you know, they're struggling with, you know, their, their sex life. They're struggling with their hormones. They're struggling in relationships and their jobs and their careers and business. So we've got these, like I interviewed Thomas Moore, who's a 77 year old international bestseller who talks about the soul. And so we talk about the soul and bringing soul into relationships. And, and then, like you said, the woman that wrote a book called autobiography of an orgasm, which is how she healed her sexual trauma through getting in touch and learning how to orgasm at the age of 45 years old. So, and, and you had some, the lawyer, Tanya Stewart, oh, who she's is just like a coach. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, we've got some diverse people. We've got business coaches, authors, um, what else do we have? Us. We have Rob Mack, who's a, he's on TV a lot as a correspondent on Ian stuff, but he wrote a book called Happiness from the Inside Out, and he's an executive coach. He's an incredible guy. Um, Arian Alexander, who is another great coach, and um, she's all about getting yourself out on video. And for the entrepreneurs that are out there that need to do this type of stuff that we're doing and filming themselves, she's the pro. She's the one to go to to like, hey, you want to be seen? You want to get out there no matter what way that is? Uh, so a lot of just uplifting women. And, you know, just speaking of which too, just because we're alpha and we're type A doesn't mean we also can't hang and chill. It doesn't mean that we're trying to get any women to be like us, but we're just getting, we want everyone to cultivate the inner confidence that took us a while to get to, or some was inherent. And we had a lot of road bumps along the way that chipped away at it and we had to get it back. So we just want to offer that to every woman out there. And listen, I think even guys can be expired, uh, inspired if you're interested. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause we have a ton of just like law of attraction stuff. We talk about business, attracting money. We got Jim Forden, who's like the man when it comes to what you're attracting in your life. And we got another woman that's talking about nervous system. So there's something in there I feel like is going to be some, every person's going to get something out of this. I know I have just from doing the interviews as I'm sure yeah. you have too, like how much I'm learning from these people 
that I'm interviewing. So it's fascinating. It's free. It's going to be, we're going to be running videos from Monday to Friday. You can join the subscribers list. And when you, once you join, then you'll be getting updates on when the videos are released. So you can go in and watch them on YouTube. So awesome. Riseupkickass.com is for the free online summit. And then to go check out coaching with Karen and getting it together with food and hormone and life balance, go to karenmartel.com, M-A-R-T-E-L. We will also, in the show notes, put all of the links to connect with her on social media. Thank you so much, Karen. And I'm so excited to just partner up with you on, on everything. Yes, me too, Elle. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. It used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind. We're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life. And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout, but instead this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function, maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy stressful day. This stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage. So I like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.